It was less than a week where I ended my years of struggle with my eating disorder, just ended. And I've been free ever since. And that's this incredible turnaround where we have this idea where it needs to take forever and it needs to be difficult. But when it came to this thing, it was just like, that's when things change. Now there's a journey after that where there's practice and reinforcement and discovery and all of that. But in actually ending that sabotaging behavior, that was like instant when I actually had what worked and that changed everything. Hey, my name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage, helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other, where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, welcome to the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today's guest, Lydia Knight, the visionary founder of the She Center, is revolutionizing our culture by empowering individuals to move from self-sabotage to self-fulfillment and contribute their highest gifts to humanity. Creator of the Empower, Prosper, and Rise programs, Lydia embodies effective altruism with initiatives that uplift women and children globally. A certified health coach, eating disorder expert, and recipient of the Sacred Service Award, Lydia's groundbreaking approach has earned recognition from major outlets like CBS, NBC, Fox News, Yahoo, and beyond. So Lydia, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Oh, Veronica, so fun to be here. Very excited for our conversation. I am so excited for our conversation. So can you please share with us, like, how did you become this guru? Like, was it just you woke up one morning, you're like, I'm totally going to kill it? Or were there a whole hell of a lot of road bumps along the way? I just woke up one morning and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm a guru now. (laughs) Totally going to do it. Totally going to be a guru. I can feel it. Oh, I think, you know, part, part of leading others, part of making a difference in the world for all of us on that journey in our own ways, the, the roadblocks, the bumps that we have to overcome Mm -hmm. is, you know, you look back and it's like, oh, I'm really actually grateful that that happened because there was a huge learning that came out of that. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started out as a as a health coach and uh, the business grew very, very quickly. And it's interesting. I started out my health coaching business at the same time that I had a newborn child. 
<laughs> so when my daughter was first born, so I'm like, let's just do everything at once. Yes. It grew really, really quickly. I was coaching over uh, 400 health coaches. We had over 8,000 clients, you know, globally, and it took off really quickly. And I was balancing that along with, you know, having having a newborn, having a, a marriage that had a lot of really difficult struggles, um, you know, becoming the the breadwinner for our home for years and years. And it's interesting because I think that a lot of us, whether we realize that we pick this up or not, have this idea that we need to be always producing working really, really hard and that nothing's going to happen unless we work just at this, this breakneck speed. And that's what I did for years and years. And what it resulted in was a really difficult emotional internal experience, uh, burnout, mm -hmm. uh, trying to do everything at once, um, and a really severe eating disorder that nobody knew about because I was a health coach and I'm like healthy, right? Yeah, totally. But then I had this secret life where I was, you know, binge eating, and really from that place, it's interesting as we we pivoted and I you know, ended my eating disorder. We've helped over a thousand people. We now do like executive coaching and help people to become their highest selves. There was so much of an internal look on that journey where I really needed to make a standard, not only for myself, but for our culture and our clients and our team of like, we don't do burnout here. Yeah. And actually the most abundance that's available to you is from a place of rest and seeing things like some of our most impactful programs and courses have come in those moments where I've really let my brain and my heart relax or do things in a different way or, you know, move my body or, yeah. you know, taking care of myself. So it's a, it's a consistent re relearning for sure, but you look back and it's through those bumps along the way that some of the most impactful things have happened. So yeah, that's like the super short version. Yeah. But. So, so with the eating disorder, did you know you hadn't, I mean, and I asked this, obviously as a clinician, I'm aware of like, you know, you are aware that there are some things that are just not healthy and like some things that you're doing. And it's like, well, not everybody's doing this, but we're going to go ahead and make excuses. But I, I'm, I'm going to ask this question anyway, because I think it's really important for, you know, anyone listening. Did you know you had an eating disorder or did you feel like this is just what I need to do to go out and get to the next thing? Like, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. This is such an important question. Right? So 75% of women struggle with disordered eating. Yep. And that stat was found because they asked women about their actual experience and not, do you have an eating disorder? Exactly. Because, yes. This is such a huge, huge thing. Veronica, I had no idea mm -hmm. for years. I didn't think anyone else was doing this. I thought I was my own personal kind of crazy. Um, I thought that for some reason I just wasn't as good at dieting anymore. Yeah. I attached so much of my success to like making my body look this certain way and eating in this certain way. And I didn't know for the longest time I wouldn't have ever called it an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. I had this idea of like, that's a thing that 14 year old anorexic girls struggle yeah. with. Like that's, that's not, not me. what I'm doing. No. So I'm really glad you asked that because that awareness of I had no idea. And so many of us, because it's normalized, like we we live in a world that creates eating disorders for women yes. and we've normalized the always on a diet, always trying to lose weight, never satisfied. And that's actually something that's disordered and really disruptive and something you can be free of. So yeah, I didn't know until I knew. Yes. <laughs> then, I knew, then it's like, you realize you're not alone. Bingo. Yeah. I've had, um, and I asked it the way I asked it because I've had a lot of, I, I've had a lot of um, clients, including patients where, you know, 
they're like, no, this is, this is the way my mom, you know, eats, or this is the way, you know, my friends eat, or, you know, it's not that big of a deal that I've only had, you know, a cracker as well as, you know, maybe a cup of coffee to eat today. And it's like 6 PM. Like, no, this is, this is fine. This is what I do every day. And, you know, matter of fact, like, you know, the cracker that I had totally fueled me and I'm ready to go for like another five hours. And, you know, uh, obviously a professional listening to that, those are huge red flags, but anybody else listening to it, you will be met with some form of validation. Girl, I totally get it. I totally get it. Oh my God. Yesterday, I think I only ate like five almonds. Um, and then I don't even think I drank water. Oh my God. I didn't even drink water, but hell yeah, that cup of coffee. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go ahead and bring that in because yeah, I can see how that cup of coffee or cracker. And all of a sudden we're talking and normalizing the fact that we've had one cracker, you know, one cup of coffee and maybe two sips of water as like, this is just our, the way our day should go. Um, and, and it is because we get so locked in and so laser focused on all the things we need to get done. Taking our care of our body is the last one, right? Like the last thing to do. So when did you know, like, holy shit, wait a minute. Like, this is not, this is bad. This is like, this, this is really bad. Or what was yeah. there ever a moment? Oh, there was a, a stark and intense moment where yeah. it was it was very clear. And I think this is why it's so important for us to share our stories, why you know the work that you're doing here is so important. Because when it's just us struggling alone, we normalize it, we see other people doing it, we think, you know, we tend to push through. And it wasn't until I shared my story, it wasn't until I decided that it was more important to be authentic and open about how I was struggling rather than just try to look like I wasn't until I fixed it. And then I no no one ever needed to know. Mm -hmm. So to take that step and to share my story was a huge moment because what I thought was happening is that I was committing career suicide. Mm -hmm. I actually did it in a really public way when I was a health coach, just because I couldn't live this double life anymore. And I woke up the next morning to just hundreds of messages of people saying, I thought I was the only one, like uh, it's what you described is exactly what I'm going through. Like I had no idea that this was something that more than me was struggling with. And it was on the scale of hundreds and hundreds of people. And so when we share our stories, it's this opportunity where we, we stop normalizing it because we stop being alone in it. Right. Cause sometimes we share and it normalizes cause it's like, oh yeah, me too. Me too. Right. But then other times it's like, oh, wait, I'm not alone in this. Like, this is something where this is not something I need to hide because there are other people struggling this way. Yeah. So it was a big time. What was that like for you? Like you mentioned it being something really profound. Like what was it? Yeah. It, it felt like the scariest thing I'd ever done to that point in my life. Um, I had read uh, Brené Brown's The Gifts of Imperfection, Mm. which is you know, incredible work. And it created this new standard for me in my life where it was more important to be authentic and real than to try to, you know, put up some, some facade. Like there was like a, a change in values that happened within me. What was it that was pulling on your heartstrings that got you to read that book? Like, were there little signs? Were there little, like, Mm. were there little clear, anybody telling you? 
And with some of the most impactful books or impactful, right. you know, people or things I've heard, I feel like it's been such a magical journey. And we hear this from our clients all the time as well, where it's just like sometimes the universe delivers exactly what you need at exactly the right time. To this day, I do not remember how that book came into my world or even who recommended it. It just floated into my life and it was it was exactly the wake-up call that I needed in that moment. So yeah, it was a terrifying experience, but it was a really good anchor. And I think we all have these in our lives where we can look back and be like, actually the scariest thing I've ever done ended up being one of the most impactful and led to some of the, you know, greatest gifts in life for sure. What was so terrifying about it? Yeah. The vulnerability, the, the identity piece. So I had an identity of Everyone thought that I was healthy. Everyone thought that I had it all put together. Everyone thought I was happy and fine. And to have that identity really feel like if you're not seen that way or if people know that you're not that way, it's almost like this loss of self. It's like a mourning. It's like a death to have it be flipped on its head. Mm -hmm. So I think that was one of the most scary things. And then the other thing was, you know, this was my career. Like our whole world, the way I supported my family was all based off of, well, I'm a healthy person teaching healthy things. And so I thought that I was ending that. And I didn't have a plan for what was next. Like I wasn't like, oh, well, I'm going to do this other thing. And so it's all going to be fine. It was just, I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to trust that something's going to work out. But the uncertainty was was hard um, at that time, and then you're like, oh, then you have a new capacity for uncertainty. Yeah, <laughs> and no, doing totally, scary things. <laughs> totally, totally new capacity. So, front runner, health coach, kicking ass, totally successful. Take me through what was behind the curtain. Take me through what people weren't seeing. Yeah. So I would do everything to stick to my diet. You know, I'm a health coach, so I know exactly what to do, exactly what to eat, exactly Mm -hmm. when to eat and all that stuff. So I'm going through all of this and trying to just do everything perfectly. And then there would be this moment where I would start eating something and it felt like my body was hijacked. It felt like I was watching myself continue to eat things that I knew were bad for me. I knew weren't okay. And like peanut butter, for instance, right? Like I would have a little bit and then I would just go back spoonful after spoonful until I hit the bottom of the jar. Like, and it was absolutely terrifying. And you're doing this justification in your mind where you're like, I'm, you know, I'm going to work this off tomorrow and I'm going to diet even harder. And this confusion of like, why am I doing this? And it's like this, this pleasure of finally letting yourself eat, but also this terror of like, this is completely counter to who I am. And then the next weeks, the next month would all be about undoing the damage and doing extra workouts and, you know, restricting even more. And then it would happen again. So that cycle was just happening over and over. And, you know, I was, I was trying to do everything on top of it. You know, it's like, it's a full-time job trying to stop myself from eating this way. It's a full-time job doing my full-time job. It's a full-time job, you know, navigating, you know, being in, you know, an an abusive marriage where I was constantly, you know, staying up all night and crying and, you know, like collapsing in the closet because I was just like so overwhelmed. So it was this building in the back. I, I remember like behind the scenes, I remember Veronica, there was a time where I was coaching a client and, you know, I'm a coach. I'm going to show up. I'm going to serve this person. So I'm coaching this client. I ask her a question 
And then while she's answering me, I mute the phone so I can sob and sob and sob. And then when it's time for me to talk again, I unmute. I'm like, great. So let's think of a plan for next week. And it was just this weird back and forth Jekyll and Hyde of I'm showing up and doing my life and then I'm collapsing in the background and then I'm showing up and doing it again. Uh, And it was exhausting. I love, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I love that because I, I, I've been there a thousand percent. There was one time, I can't believe I'm going to share this, but I'm totally going to share this. Um, there was one time in back-to-back sessions, nonstop. And it was like, okay, I'm fine. I had to pee like three hours ago. Right. And it was like, okay, you're fine. You know, just get through this one more thing, get through this one more thing. And, um, I remember bending over and literally peeing myself, like in my office, bending over, literally peeing myself. And it was like, holy shit, I have to be in session like in three minutes and thank goodness it was virtual, but it's like, oh my God, I'm totally going to sit in my own piss right now. Like this is totally going to happen. Like this is going to happen. Um, and obviously it was in a puddle, but it was like, oh my God, is this, is this really happening? Um, and I remember, you know, texting my daughter, um, I was like, I need, I need you to bring me pants. Like, don't ask questions. Just bring me pants. And I totally had a freaking bladder infection. I had a bladder infection because I've been holding my pee for too damn long and ended up getting a bladder infection. So of course I peed myself. Right. And so like all of us, you know, as high achievers, I love that you said, like, I had to carry out this identity. Like no matter what I was on the road, it was happening. And even if, you know, I'm freaking crying while, you know, in this coaching call, like I'm still going to go ahead and execute. I'm still going to go ahead and execute this mission. Like I'm not holding back. And I love, I love the way you said kind of like this whole Jekyll and Hyde moment. Like you're literally, there's, you know, this, this expert high achieving, kick-ass individual that's serving, you know, this, this client all while you're falling apart, like a thousand percent falling apart. And okay. And that was awesome. And unmute, let's go back to scene. It's like, holy shit. And I, I want to ask the audience, like how many times have you guys had those moments where you're like literally either sitting in, you know, your own piss or like breaking down and trying to hold it together. Like we've all had those moments. And so this is why I appreciate you sharing that because it's it's so raw and real. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Veronica. And, you know, for bringing our awareness to those moments, it is incredible to see the high capacity that we build as women to push through, yeah. to do things at a level of excellence and to ignore taking care of ourselves at a level where we're able to run on so little. And the concerning thing is, is that oftentimes it becomes this badge of honor of how little we can give ourselves Mm -hmm. and how much we can deliver in the world. And that can become connected where we start associating success and drive with withholding care from ourselves. And it feels like the same thing. And it almost becomes like this weird addictive cycle where anytime we're achieving a lot, we're suffering a lot Mm -hmm. as well. And that is such an important uh, connection to break. The passion is so low these days that I feel parenthood and other commitments are taking control. I want to feel like it's me he wants to spend time with. Yeah, 
I've said those exact words a hundred times to my friends after realizing that the man I said I do to wasn't the same person. Or was I just imagining it? But here's what I finally realized that changed things for me almost overnight. I started to use four simple and effective steps that changed our communication and connection for the better. As a licensed marriage and family therapist, I got excited and started showing my clients and they too were seeing changes instantly. Whether you've been married for one year or 15, these tips work and I can't wait to share them with you. Girl, I got you. I want to personally invite you to my live two-hour online workshop. This is for moms who have said, the empty promises just aggravate me so much. He says he will do something or take care of something, then he doesn't. Communication has always been a weak point for us. He says things without thinking. I try to logically work through things and he reacts emotionally. I try to say what I feel in a constructive manner. He takes it personally and attacks me. Boundaries are a confusing topic for me because I am a helper. I have this innate need to help anyone I can. So if this is you and you are ready to get off this hamster wheel, then allow me to guide you through this four-step process. I can't wait to meet you personally. So again, this is a two-hour live workshop. And for whatever reason, if you cannot attend, girl, I got you. This will be recorded, which means you will have lifetime access. This is for women only. If you are ready to go from roommates to lovers, then let's go ahead and step outside of our comfort zones together. Allow me to guide you. If you're ready, what I'd like you to do is go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Again, that is empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Get ready, mama, because we are about to do some work. So most of us will go ahead and attach ourselves to a number, you know, that we see on a scale or a task um, or a degree or a number with regards to whatever we brought in for the month, the week, the day, whatever it is. Um, For you, was it a number? Was it this sense of, you know, control with, okay, I, yeah, I gained this and I'm able to work this off. Like, what would you say, like, was your search for a formula? Yeah, I had like a whole spreadsheet, like quite for literally. Real. Yeah, no, <laughs> like I, I, believe, I believe it. Yeah. So yes, there was a number on the scale. There was the measurements that I was taking every single morning um, of all sorts of different areas of my body. I remember I had... Um, like little bruises all over like my thighs and stomach for the longest time because I would like like press into my body and like mm-hmm. poke myself to like see how much fat is between my muscle and my skin, right? It's just so this constant measuring. Yeah. It was the number that I was bringing in financially. It was the percentage of growth in my business. It was the number of things I could check off in a day. It was how quickly I could accomplish a goal. It was like this never-ending stacking up of things that that you start feeling good and measuring your worth through those things. And you, you don't have a connection with how to actually measure your worth. Like you're looking to all these external things. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of us, if you, if you ask like, well, how do you measure your worth? When we don't have this list, we don't have a more profound answer behind that. And having 
that true authentic way to look at our worth, I think is so incredibly important. What would you say you were running away from? Like you have, you know, you're, you talked about your marriage and your marriage wasn't on, you know, a great path. You talk about, you know, although you, with, with the, you had established a great amount of success as a coach, you know, but internally there's all of these things happening. What were you running away from? Yeah, that's a really beautiful question. And looking back, there was so much analysis of why am I doing this? And one of the most profound and life-changing, you know, points for myself and, you know, our clients that we've coached is to understand that why I was doing all this wasn't because I was broken or wrong or that something needed to be analyzed or deficient is that I had a habit in my life. I had a habit of thoughts that were leading to a habit of actions. And when I knew how to break that habit and that pattern, it was, it was over. Like there was nothing to analyze. I could move forward. Like it was such a beautiful thing to realize that you can have freedom mm-hmm. from these cycles that we get stuck in, actually looking at breaking the cycle instead of understanding all the the why around it. So I probably, you know, had a hundred answers for that question yeah. back then, but it's so wonderful to be like, oh, okay. I had a habit that I broke and then everything changed. Take me through when it started to change. Yeah. So, you know, there's the, the first, I'm going to do everything that's out there and I'm going to try all the things and I'm going to do it all perfectly. All with peed pants, (laughs) all with peed pants and mascara running everywhere. Yes. Sign me up. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Like, and I can still perform. Let's add more. more. (laughs) All, all the conventional wisdom out there was about that it all led to the same place. You're broken. You're always going to be broken. The yeah. best you can do is just yeah. manage this. And I just refused. Maybe that was like a benefit to like this high achieving, <laughs> you know, part of me was like, I refuse to like suffer with this forever. And so I saw that the harder that I worked with all these different ways that were sort of the traditional, this is how you you manage this, just made it worse. Yeah. And I knew that I could achieve a goal. I knew I could set my mind to something. And I'm like, why is it when it comes to food, when it comes to my relationship with my body, that things actually just get worse when I try to fix them? And so after seeing that all of these things led to failure, led to a place that I didn't want to be, I tried something that was completely original because no one else was doing this. And I was in a place of desperation. But what I was an expert in is habit change. And so I started looking at what was happening as a habit and a habit of thought that could be broken. So I actually took the same tools that I had used and, you know, been practicing with my clients for a long time of, you know, deprogramming our habits of thought. And when I took that habit approach and overlaid it over what was happening with food, Veronica, it was within a week. It was less than a week where I ended my years of struggle with my eating disorder. Wow. Just ended and I've been free ever since. And that's this incredible turnaround where we have this idea where it needs to take forever and it needs to be difficult. But when it came to this thing, it was just like, that's when things change. Now there's a journey after that, where there's practice and reinforcement and discovery and all of that. But in actually ending that sabotaging behavior, that was like instant when I actually had what worked and that changed everything. 
I love that. What was your first step towards change? Because a lot of, again, a lot of us high achieving women are like, all right, we're going to go ahead and sign me up for yoga, sign me up for this, sign me up for that, or just give me all the answers. But the reality is it's like literally taking one small step toward that change and embracing that small step in order for us to take all of those other steps moving forward. So for you, what yeah. would you say was like your, your first step? Yeah. Great question. Being honest with myself. Fuck yeah. Here were some lies that I was telling myself. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm going to figure this out and it's going to work itself out soon. I know that if I just work harder tomorrow, it's all going to be fine. I know that I can undo the damage. I don't need to tell anyone about this. Like, I think that if I just work harder at this thing that failed before, if I just work harder this time, it's going to be better. And I had to just like look myself in the eye and <laughs> yeah. admit to myself that I was lying to myself. Mm -hmm. I was, it's, you know, the definition of insanity. It was thinking that things were going to work that never had before. I had to fundamentally do things differently. And when I was really honest with myself, I was able to look in places that I hadn't thought before for the answers. Because when you only have those blinders on where I'm just going to work harder and work harder and just do this yeah. harder, faster, longer, stronger, then you can actually get off of that hamster wheel. And I think that was one of the very first things was just admitting to myself what was actually going on. That is so hard to do. That is so hard to, because like you said, we want to believe the lies. We totally want to believe the lies. It worked five years ago. Why wouldn't it work right now? And the reality is, no, it, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. It, it, it didn't. And it sucks. It sucks saying that. And it sucks like owning that as your truth. So I love that that was your first step. I, I love that. I love that for you. I love, I mean, shit, like I said, it was sitting in pee um, <laughs> or pee jeans. Um, but I love that that was your first step. What do you notice, you know, with working with women, what do you notice is like kind of gets them in this sabotage cycle that prevents them from doing what's required or doing yeah. what, what they're at. I shouldn't say what's required. Making the moves towards, right. Making the moves <laughs> towards what they really want. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so looking at it from a couple of different ways, when it comes to our patterns with food, we've been talking about that a bit, you know, the number one reason why these, you know, binge eating, self-sabotaging things happen is because of restrictive dieting. That's a very, very clear connection. And then when we zoom out and we look at the patterns that we get in overall, mm -hmm. you know, with, with burnout, with, you know, pleasing everyone else with, you know, not having the conversations that we need to have. What I really find is the things that hold us back is that we are looking for ways to do it better and to do it more versus ways to fundamentally change those patterns. So yeah. a good example is, you know, it's like things aren't working in my relationship or at work. How am I more productive? How do I do more in the day? Mm -hmm. How do I maximize my time versus going upstream and really looking at what are you believing that makes you think that just doing more and faster and being able to take care of more is going to fix this? Like, where is that actually coming from? Let's get at the root of where that belief is, where those habits and thoughts lie. And when we can really look at that, then we can see something that is so 
so well beyond and so much more effective than just trying to push through and get better at pushing through and get better at holding in our emotions. Like, no, we've got to shake things up. We've got to really look at what does it look like when we break the cycle? Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things that holds people back is they're trying to do more versus looking at is what I'm doing even a path that's going to work. Beautiful is what I'm doing, even a path that's going to work. And most of the time that answer is no, especially if you're adding more to your plate, right? Yeah. So the, the work that you do, what would you say is one story, one client, um, that you feel most proud of, like, because of the journey you've gone through? Yeah. I love, love, love that. And this is this is shared with permission. I always share it with my information. They're like, yes, please share my story. Um, but we have an incredible client. Her name is Katty. She is a, she's a health professional. She's a doctor. She owns her practice um, in Europe. And it's just such a great example of all of these principles come together. Because when she first came to us, uh, yes, she had an eating disorder. And because she was a medical professional, yeah. she knew the definition is binge eating within every seven days. So she had planned binges every eight days. Yeah, duh. So she could say she didn't have any We're going to like go around things. it no matter what. Hello, us professionals. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, we're smart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was doing everything for everyone else. She super capable, amazing kids, like teenage kids, but she was doing all the shopping. She was doing all the cleaning. She was doing all the meal prep for everyone. She was, you know, working, you know, all day, way more than all day, you know, as a medical professional, she was growing her practice. She was working out long amounts of hours. Like she was doing everything to the maximum. And there was a certain amount of like pride of, I can I can do it all. I can keep going. I have a huge capacity for work. And within three days of us coaching her, when it came to her patterns with food, she was absolutely free. Has been for been four or five years now, like yeah. incredible. And what that did is it opened up so much where she could now see like, oh, these were the patterns that were keeping yeah. me stuck. So she started just giving back ownership and responsibility to her relationships, to her kids, to her work. And it's incredible to see that when we stop taking on all of these things as our job Mm -hmm. and have this busyness as a badge of honor, that the people around us transform, that they feel empowered, that we have this wonderful, like grounded relationship with people because we're seeing them in a higher light. We're not seeing ourselves as I am the person that's going to do everything and take care of everyone. Because quite honestly, that puts us in this sort of elitist elevated place Mm -hmm. of like, no one else can do all the things. So I'm going to do all the things. And when we're in partnership with people, it's a really incredible thing. It transformed her practice. She started like having a completely new dynamic with her patients. She started moving into education of the people that were coming in to her practice. She completely changed her work culture where they're having fun and they're dancing together and they're thinking of how they can support each other. And it's a really incredible thing to see the ripple effect of when we start taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Lydia, for those that want to work with you, where can we find you? 
Yeah. We actually have something very, very fun prepared Yay! for our amazing community here. So we have a, a whole page of goodies for you guys. We're all over it. Um, from quizzes to masterclasses to fun resources to like all the good stuff. Um, and we have it all on this beautiful page. Um, it's podcast.theshecenter.org forward slash empowered and unapologetic Yay! with a capital E. And a capital U. Yes. Um, so with all that, that'll take them right to an amazing place, and you know, celebrate that you're that you're there, that you're taking action, and we've put that especially together for you guys. Oh, because thank you. Yeah, this is you guys have to go on that page. <laughs> but the action that we take is the most important thing, and so I think it's always beautiful to have a way to take action toward yes. the life that we want to live, and even just that first step of taking care of ourselves and finding that balance and living a centered life, like that makes all the difference. A thousand, so. a thousand percent. How can we follow you on social media? Yes, so the She Center in all the places. TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all of that. Just look up the She Center, um, and we have incredible communities, great content there, and you know, of course, it's growing all the time. So it's a great, great community to be, to be a part of. And we're really moving toward creating a world that's amazing for all of us through female empowerment. Mm -hmm. So I would just really encourage people: reach out, share your stories, yes. you know, ask questions. We would love to partner with you in that because that's how we change the world. Lydia, you are doing amazing work. Thank you so much for sharing with us your story. I feel like I, like you and I are like sisters from another mister, like totally, like just, just, just like I, a lot of your story resonates with me personally. Um, and I am thankful that, you know, that we're able to go ahead and have you as you know, someone that can help us break these unhealthy patterns because we all have them, you know, and if we can recognize if someone can kind of hold our hand and help us, you know, identify some of the issues that we're constantly bringing into our lives and just this new way of looking at it and changing it. I mean, yeah, it, it, it does provide us with that. We could still be successful. We could still be badass and we can be healthy and take care of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, even more successful. It's Hell incredible yeah. to see. You can feel Way scary more. and brave, but it's like when you rest and take care of yourself. So <laughs> thank you, Veronica. Like so inspired by the message that you're putting out into the world. And just thank you for being so so authentic and real. And we just need lots of that goodness in the world. So yeah. thank you. We're doing that. it, girl. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. 
We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.